0: So well, then death will tremble to take us. Such a good line. Such a good line. Big shout out to Mr. Damian Sumi for uh, let me use that <laughs> until until maybe this podcast gets big enough that somebody cares, and then at some point I'll probably have to pay royalties. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to the Sneaky Emu. This is episode number sixty-nine six, nine, uh, we're going to call it thoughts from a funeral part two. Uh, I think we're going to call it the Jesus cult, (laughs) the Jesus cult. Hey mom, thanks for listening. So, um, (laughs) I'm sorry. Bit of a silly mood for some silly reason. All right. What are we talking about? The Jesus cult, the funeral. Okay, so last time I talked about uh, the funeral that I was was going to, and it was a wonderful funeral. It was good to see everybody. Uh, you know, it's 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 always a, I think it's always super beneficial when you can take a moment and 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 laugh and cry and grieve and mourn, and you honor the life of somebody who's meant so very much to so many people. And and it's cool to see the the legacy that people have left behind. And and also to hear like some of the stuff behind the scenes, you know, that um, <clears throat> that a lot of people aren't maybe privy to, you know, like part of the family stuff. I wonder about that sometimes, too, like when it comes for uh, for my day in the casket, when my what my kids will say. Do you ever wonder about this? Like, <clears throat> yeah, I know you guys all thought he was a this, that and other thing. But at the house, my dad was always this, like, what's, what's the thing that they're going to like, the the little reveal that, um, people may or may not know about who I was. Oh, I don't know. He farted a lot <laughs> for some reason. I, think I shouldn't say that on the podcast. I don't, by the way, I don't. I'm just saying, but for some reason they think, they think that. So, um, <laughs> moving on. Like what's that little thing that your kids will say about you like that they'll <laughs> they'll they'll blow you up at the funeral like what's that what's that thing? What will my kids say when I'm gone? Yeah, what will they remember? What will the things be that stand out? you know I don't know it's interesting. I have a few thoughts about my parents that I'll not say for right now, although I have considered doing. Like a um, a eulogy, a preemptive eulogy at some point in the near future for my parents, so that because why why save all the good stuff for when they're gone? Do you know? In fact, I, uh, this past a couple, well, I don't know when it was, a couple weeks ago, I was doing a, I was doing a sermon, um, talking about the power of our words, and I forget the exact passage—Proverbs, Psalms, one of the two—where uh, it said. Um, our words are like honeycomb, uh, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones, right? Our our words are powerful. Why would I want to keep the honeycomb, the, the good things that I see or think about my parents, why would I want to save that for when they can't actually hear it? So I thought, maybe I should do that now. Maybe I should write some of that down and and give that to them as some sort of, is that, I don't think that's morbid, is it? Like, Hey, this is what I'm going to say when you're gone, but I want you to hear it. No, no, I'll think about it. Mom, let me know. Do you want to hear that or no? Is that weird to talk about? I mean, we all know it's coming. <laughs> we, whether we choose to acknowledge it or not, it's coming. We all know it's coming. That day will be here. My day will be here. Oh, God, it's, it's kind of depressing. No, it's not. It's positive. It's positive. That's why we're here to talk about it. So, anyways, we're at the funeral. I talked about the, uh, the funeral slideshow last week and what, what's important and what really matters. Um, so there was a whole other thing that was happening <laughs> that, that kind of made me chuckle a little bit, but also uh, was kind of a, um, like a flashing dashboard light in my brain for how many people, uh, especially within the church, seem to talk about and think about like Jesus. Okay. So, um, it was at, it was at this Baptist church, small little country Baptist church. Um, and the, the, I think I mentioned this last week, but the, the lady who had passed, she had been a part of our church, but then, um, as she got older, w- like couldn't really drive herself was going with her family that lives next to me. Cause I live close to this little Baptist church, you know, just, it's easier for them, easier for her. I get it. I get it. Um, and like I said, the that church was very great about taking her in, about looking after her, about getting her, like, I'm very grateful for them. So <clears throat> when it comes time for the funeral, they do it at the Baptist church. So the pastor there gets to, um, you know, he, he's like, he's kind of, for lack of a better word, the host. He's like emceeing the whole thing. So he does a welcome, you know, tells us what's happening, uh, talks about his time with, uh, with the lady and you know, how, uh, how she was important to him. All, all good things, all good things. Then they do the, we do the normal kind of service, you know, songs, slides, stories, then a message. And the message was done by a guy who I, who I know, who's very, uh, who very loving, very kind, great dude. Um, and uh, he, did a, he did a good job with it. Um, but there was just like a few things between uh, uh, through the course of the service that <laughs> caused me to pause a little bit and kind of go, what are we doing here? So, uh, oh, by the way, just as a side note, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. But at some point within the past year or two, I heard it through the grapevine (laughs) word got to me that some of the good folks at, and I don't know if the pastor is involved in this or not. I don't really care. He's a good dude, whatever. Uh, that some of the folks at this particular, uh, establishment, religious establishment institution, um, that there was talk about, uh, the church that I work at and myself and about how I am, in fact, a cult leader. <laughs> the church is a cult. <laughs> oh, that's so great. That was like, the. I don't even, I don't know if I've talked about that, but I was so excited. I was so excited about that, that they think I'm a cult leader and that this church is a cult. Like, how cool. Like, that uh, <laughs> That they're talking about us. <laughs> Like in my mind, that's a, that's like a badge of honor, like from, from the Baptist. Like, yeah, because I I don't, I don't want to get caught up in some of the stuff you guys get caught up in. So I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Thanks. So that was kind of fun. So it was fun to be able to actually go to the Baptist church and, you know, see uh, some of the people and the guy and to go, Hey, I'm that guy, (laughs) (laughs) but check out my suit. Isn't it nice? Don't I look good? I mean, really, uh, I've been thinking about it. And if I was going to be, a, if, if I really am a cult leader, if I'm a cult leader, I should be making a lot more money. I, <laughs> I don't have the pay scale. I don't have the pay status of a genuine cult leader. So therefore, it's obvious, clear enough evidence. I'm in fact not a cult leader. Anyways, so the, the, the guy from the church gets up. He does the welcome. He does his little talk. But he kind of gets preaching a little bit. I mean, and this is just like the supposed to be the, you know, couple minute welcome. He gets preaching and in the introduction and in welcome, he does a come to Jesus talk. Now, a couple things about this. One is uh there wasn't there was like maybe less than a hundred people there. Okay. I mean, it was it's a small church, so it seemed like a lot of people, but on the larger scale, it wasn't a lot of people. Um, granted they have a lot of family from all like different parts of the country. So I get it. She had a lot of friends here. They showed up, a lot of church people, they showed up. It's great. But it's even just with the people I knew, I can't imagine that there was 10% even of the people that wouldn't like be church related or church adjacent or Especially based on who the lady was, she loved Jesus. She was a big time believer. She was awesome. She was an incredible lady. Like everybody who was there knew that they knew Jesus. They, but yet the guy gets up and he does an altar call at the beginning of the celebration of life, which always throws me off because, and, and this is just my personal preference. I don't. I know that uh, some preachers make a case for well. This is when people are open. This is when people are receptive. This is when people. This is when people are like contemplating their own mortality. So this is a good time to like offer that, you know, the life saving power of Jesus Christ's message. And now you need to come repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And you I get, I get all that, but I've kind of come to the place where I'm like, yeah, but is that really what this moment calls for? Do you know? Like especially when you know it's it's like a whole family that is a church family and all of their friends are church people and what why? So anyways, he does he does the intro welcome slash altar call and then uh we go through them service and then the, the second guy gets up. And he does a great job talking about some of their stories, some of the family, some of the connections about who this lady was and just just a a wonderful job. But then he got in, started getting into like the like the 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 gospel message, the altar call. And so it was like it was almost like there was like two different there, there was like two altar calls at one funeral. And I kept I just kept thinking like, what, what are we doing here? Um and even I, I was taking notes in the service because I was I was kind of distracted by it. Like um some of the things uh, that he said was like um uh, let's see he was talking about uh when we have bad days and stuff like that and um and how God uses the bad days to draw us close, God uh, draw, to draw us to be to draw us to Jesus and And it was like I'm trying to read my chicken scratch so I can remember kind of exactly, but the impression that I got was that um, God intentionally makes bad things happen to us, uh, so that we will find Jesus. (laughs) That's that's kind of a weird way to think about this. And then and I don't know how many times between the two guys. How many times the name Jesus was said? It it was like, uh, and and look, I'm 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 very much pro Jesus. Okay, <laughs> let's get that straight. I'm very much pro Jesus, but it was like every other phrase was Jesus, 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 Jesus right? And it, it, at one point, um, it was like, it's what is the? At one point, he said, uh, he said. He, he, you know, it was very, this, this very passionate speech about getting to heaven and about, you know, hearing the father say, well done, good and faithful servant. Okay, I get all that. But at one point, he said something about how um, he can't wait uh, to get to heaven to see Jesus. Can't wait. And, and, and I think what struck me about that, uh, along with the passion and everything, and the amount of times that we've said that word and that service and the altar calls and all this stuff, it was the thing that was kind of like stirring in me was like, one, how many times can we say Jesus in the matter of an hour? Like they they set a Guinness Book of World Records, I'm pretty sure, for the amount of Jesuses. They got their, what I like to call the JPMs, the Jesuses per minute. Do you have enough Jesuses per minute in a sermon? uh, uh I have, over the years, been accused of not preaching enough Jesus, which confuses the, the heck out of me because um, everything points to Jesus and nothing can't point to Jesus. So it's weird to me. Um, and because I don't say Jesus specifically doesn't mean that I don't value Jesus. Right, Uh, I've had people leave the church because I haven't uh, said Jesus enough. Like it's such a silly, silly thing. So, anyways, uh, the the impression, the thing that stirred within me, it was almost like the whole thing, or this was like a snapshot of like a larger um, kind of thought within the Christian realm. It's not just. This specific instant, this this specific instance just to me like brought all of this to the surface. But it was almost like there is such an extreme amount of focus on Jesus that is the Son, that is this particular aspect of who God is, of who the divine is, that that has become he has become the sole focus. To the point that Jesus has now become an idol. We have idolized Jesus. What the scripture talks about, the point of Jesus is to reveal to us what God is like. If you have seen him, you have seen the Father, right? The, the point is that Jesus came to reveal, came to expose, came to point the way, came to guide us, to help show us a better way to live, to help. Uh, Explain, teach, um, open us up to who God actually is. And so when when he said the bit about getting to heaven and he can't wait to see Jesus, I kind of had the thought like, yeah, okay, but also isn't the point of Jesus to see God? (laughs) <laughs> right? Um, it, it's kind of a weird thing to, to be so hyper-focused about one particular aspect. And, and I'm not saying it's not important. It is important. I think, uh, the, you know, God in flesh, God incarnate that is Christ is super important to how we understand God. But the goal is not to get to Jesus. Right? Which may seem like a weird thought, but what does the scripture say? Jesus, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father. The goal, Je- Jesus is the vehicle and the destination, the goal, is to be in this relationship and connection with the divine. Now, I'm aware that uh, when you talk about the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, it's all one, it's all the same one being three different, but it's weird to exclude, uh, what we would consider the primary God. It's weird to, to, to put the focus on what you might consider the secondary, the son. Um, if the goal is to, to, to be complete, like our heavenly father is complete. If the goal is that through Jesus, we come to know the father, we come to know God, we come to know the divine. If the goal, is, the goal is beyond Jesus, so to speak, it does seem a bit weird when most Christians' focus is, did he say Jesus enough? and my goal in, is to get to heaven, which by the way, uh, is coming to earth. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of people um, on their way up while the kingdom... And the ones sitting on the throne are on its way down to earth. And we're going to pass right by each other. <laughs> They're going to pass right by each other. Wait a second. I thought I was supposed to get up there to see Jesus. Uh, well, actually, the goal was God. And God is now here on the restored earth. At least according to like how the story of the Bible ends. I mean, but, you know, well, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> It's it's just the ending of the Bible, you know, no big deal. I guess we could still think we're going somewhere else. But if you're gonna take the Bible seriously and take what the scripture says seriously, we might want to reconsider what our thoughts are of like the end game here. Anyways, so it, it to me has led me to this point of going, man, have we has has what is is what passes for uh, good, evangelical, gospel, modern Christian teaching, has that become so Jesus-centric that we've actually derailed or, or stepped, uh, I don't know what a better word for it is, that, that, that we've actually missed the point, that we've become so focused on one aspect of who God is that we've missed the larger story. H- have we missed the point? Have we missed uh, what the goal is? H- are, are we are we now bowing down to the idol of Jesus that we have made in our heads? Do you see? I I, I wonder. Um, I wonder if God's looking at us, going, "Okay, yeah, like, I." I guess that's good, <laughs> but also um it, it the goal is not that that's not the end goal. <laughs> like the end goal is bigger. the end goal is uh to be in relation with God, with the divine, and we have minimized, we have undermined uh the larger nature and character of God by only. Focusing on one aspect of who God is, right? It, it, I don't. I don't have a great um, illustration off of, uh, uh illustration off the top of my head with this, but it would. It would kind of be like <sighs> when we think about the Trinity. Some the way some people talk about it, uh, it's kind of maybe a, a simpler, a, a simpler way to understand to think of Trinity uh, is like. When you think of the self, and I think we've talked about this, when you think of the self and how we have different roles that we play, but we are the same person. So I am a father to my children. I am a husband to my wife. I am a son to my parents, that sort of thing. Uh, It'd be like only focusing on one. I'm still the same person. I Yes, I play these different roles. But it'd be like taking uh, all of your focus. It'd be like, hey, (coughs) Seth, uh, hey, I think you're cool. Oh, thanks, by the way. I really appreciate that. I think you're cool, too. Um, But the part that I think about you is cool is um, like the part of you that is the father. That's going to confuse us with our illustrations, right? Um, Is the preacher. I, I like the, the part of you that's the preacher. Uh, can I come to your house and uh, only engage with you as a preacher? <laughs> that's a weird illustration. I don't even know if that fully works, but it's just what came to my head. What, wouldn't that be weird, though? If somebody was like, hey, I want to spend time with you. I want to get to know you better. I want to be in relationship with you. But when I hang out with you, I only want to talk about uh, one particular aspect of who you are. I only want to know you in the role of preacher. I only want to, and, I, and I'm and i going to completely neglect the fullness of the self that is all these different roles. Doesn't that seem a little weird? Wouldn't it? If somebody came to my house and did that, if you came to my house and did that, be like, hey man, what? what? Like, why? Can we focus on something else? Can we talk about something else? Like, I'm more than just that one particular thing. So for me, it seems like what what a lot of the church has done is we've taken this one part of God and we've put it on this pedestal. And I get there's value and merit there. We want to honor and respect the Christ that is Jesus. I understand that. I don't want to minimize who Jesus is. But it feels like we have so idolized uh, God in the form of Jesus that we forget Jesus is not in fact the end goal, but rather is the one leading us, informing us, revealing to us the one who is the end goal. Right. And so what was what was really, really funny to me at this service, you have the two the two altar calls, you have the uh very high level of JPMs, the Jesus per minutes, you <laughs> the altar calls for all the Christian people who were there. Um, so at the end of the service and this this had me chuckling a little bit and i i this is the weird stuff I think about and yeah, so anyways uh at the end of the service, a lady comes up to sing out uh to sing a closing song, which of course would be the old rugged cross, right, because what says celebration of life like the old rugged cross? On a hill far away stood the old rugged cross. You know what I'm talking about? Um, <clears throat> also, I, side note, I had been to a, a funeral a couple years ago, and this guy sang Amazing Grace. And the, and the guy that had passed, incredible guy, I, I did the service. It was, serv- service was wonderful, regardless of my part in it. My part was okay. Um, but they had a guy get up and sing Amazing Grace. And of course, you know, that's many people's favorite songs. I love that song. It's a great song. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see like, yes, that stuff speaks to us, especially in a moment like a funeral where you're, where you're, uh, wrestling where you're mourning, where you're grieving the loss of a loved one. Like it's, that song is so powerful and carries so much hope for us. Um, But the guy sang it in one of the slowest and most depressing ways I've ever heard. Like this song that's supposed to be filled with hope and joy. I don't know if joy is the right word, but the song that's supposed to fill us with hope and uh, give us some sort of larger sense of like comfort it was almost depressing. And I thought, how bizarre. How, how, man, Christian people, we, we as Christian people, we get, we get weird about stuff sometimes. But what, how do you take in a song like Amazing Grace and make it depressing? The song is literally called Amazing Grace. And if you understand how amazing grace actually is, there's no way it should ever be depressing. We should be the most happy, joyous people. That's that song should be an up-tempo song. <laughs> Anyways, back to this song. So at the end of this funeral, the old rugged cross. Again, because we're uh we we've made Jesus an idol, we've made the cross an idol. Um, not that it's not important, it is important. I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying it's important within the place we have to keep it within its proper place the cross is not god the bible the like the scripture is not god jesus is equated to god but jesus is a part of who god is and is not the end goal so at the end this lady gets up and she says we're going to sing we're gonna close with this song, that is the old rugged cross. So everybody stands, and uh, we. <laughs> here's what made me laugh. Uh, even in this kind of older, smaller church, behind uh, on on the staging area, you know they have the instruments: the piano, of course, the bass guitar, little little uh, drum kit, maybe a little keyboard as well, and. Behind on on the wall, on the back wall behind the band stuff, there's these two like pretty good size flat screen TVs, kind of like one for each side of the of of the of the building. And this is what they used to play the uh, the slideshow for the funeral. This is what they used to put up the photo, you know, like the 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 last photo and and like birth and death date of the lady who had passed. And uh, so I know they work. They, they, they did quite well. They played music. It was a great slideshow. But when the lady gets up to sing, she says, we're going to sing the old rugged cross. And then she says, so get out your hymnals and turn to page whatever. So they get out the hymnals and then the guy gets on the piano and starts to play and we start to sing. Well, on the TVs, rather than putting up the words to the old rugged cross like most churches most every church in america does the tvs that they just use for the slideshow rather than use those tvs for us to like look up and sing up and lift project our voices up and see all of that they say grab your hymnal so on the tv instead of the lyrics to the song for us all to sing together they just put a slide that said the old rugged cross. So (laughs) they used the TVs to just tell us the song that we were singing, that the lady had already told us that we were going to sing out of the hymnal. This is what made me laugh. It seems silly. You may be wondering like, why is that such a big deal? Why did you hone in on that? Why does that make, what's funny about that? Well, Because in that moment, that whole scenario, that whole scene to me spoke to exactly what I was feeling and what I've been rambling on about for the past few minutes about the idolization of Jesus. That moment was a metaphor for what I had just been experiencing. Okay, think about it. Uh, They're inviting us to do this thing. They have the ability to project uh, up on a screen to have images, to have a graphic, to this new technology that they've installed that is like uh, I don't I don't know if you want I don't want to say better I don't know um, that's more uh, interactive in a different sort of way. They have that ta- capability. That's the thing uh, that 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 we have access to. But yet, what they chose to do in that moment was to force, <laughs> force is a strong word, was to make everyone take the hymnal out of the back of the chair in front of us, to point their eyes and their voices down at the text of the hymn in the hymnal, and to all sing with our heads down. Right? It would, to me, it was like the perfect analogy, the perfect metaphor for what I was experiencing that the Jesus per minutes were so high and we have so idolized Jesus that, that we have missed the God who is bigger, who is in front of us. We're so focused on staring down at the, at, at who Jesus is. The te- we're so focused on the scripture that tells us about Jesus, about this thing that's directly in front of us, the physical uh, representation of the divine, that we failed to look up to see, like, the the fullness of who God actually is. We've got the ability, the, the, the point of the hymnals was to point to something, right, to help us sing, to point us to something higher. The point of Scripture was pointing to Jesus, which is to point us to something higher. God is there in front of us, always around us. God is inviting us. God is, is the thing that is, at least in my mind and understanding, is the whole reason that Jesus came was to point us, Upwards was to point us uh, to to the larger understanding of who God is, to what is the TVs in the back of the auditorium, and yet what we choose to do is we are so enthralled with the hymn, the hymnals that we can't look up. We have we have. Our, our, uh, the weight of the hymnal in our minds is so great that we've got our eyes down because that's the important thing, but yet there's something in front of us that is bigger, that is clearer, that is more animated, that is more, that can be more full of color that, do you see what I'm saying? Like they've idolized, <laughs> they've idolized the hymn book to the point that they've rejected something that is potentially easier, better to use for the sake of, so instead of looking up to the greater thing, they're looking down to like the lesser thing, if you will. Isn't that funny? I hope you find that funny because I was like, oh, this is the perfect This represents exactly what I'm feeling. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I can't wait to see Jesus. Can't wait to thank Jesus. Yeah, okay, I get it. But Jesus came to reveal to us who God is. So we know who God is through him. We're grateful for that. But that's like uh, the path to the other thing. That's how we find our way, that's uh, part of the journey to something greater that is the fullness of who God is. So, I just found it quite humorous that from the people in the place (laughs) that I had heard that I was a cult leader, that actually it seems to be They were the cult, (laughs) the cult of the Jesus cult (laughs) that we have become so obsessed, uh, with, with making sure that everybody knows that we believe and we use this name that we actually have maybe missed the point of the larger thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that should do it for now. Uh, The Jesus cult. Yeah, Jesus is great. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is a friend of mine. You know, that whole thing. But also Jesus came to reveal to us who God is. Jesus came to be the flashing neon light to point us the way. Jesus came, what's it say? Uh, No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way to the Father. He is not the end goal. Seems like a weird thing to say. Father, the divine, God, the entirety of who God is, not some particular one particular aspect. Yes, we're grateful for that particular aspect. I I recognize that. I acknowledge that. But it just feels like we're a little off in this. We're a little off. We're a little bit off. All right, my friends. Let's call that a day. Thoughts from a funeral, part two, the Jesus cult. Don't be in the Jesus cult. You can be a Jesus follower. Don't be in the Jesus cult, right? Jesus came to point the way to God. So let him do that. Let him do that for you. All right. Episode number 69, part two, thoughts from a funeral, the Jesus cult. Mom, thanks for listening. I'm sending you guys all the love in your general direction. We're here to unlearn. Teachings of the church and the state. We're here to drink beer. We're here to kill war.